Welcome to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. During the late Roman Republic, the River Rubicon marked the boundary between Gaul to the north and Italy proper and the city of Rome to the south. Governors of Roman provinces outside of Italy were appointed the right to command, which was called imperium. Roman law specified that only the elected magistrates of Rome itself could hold the right to rule inside the borders of Italy. If a general came inside the borders of Italy or in command of his army, both the general and his soldiers became outlaws and were automatically condemned to death. In January 49 BC, though pausing for a short period prior to, Julius Caesar led his army south over the Rubicon from Gaul into Italy to make his way to Rome. In doing so, he deliberately broke the law of Imperium and thus declared war. Caesar uttered the phrase, Alea iecta est, the die has been cast, and the phrase crossing the Rubicon has come to mean the point of no return. When the church has faced its lowest points, much like that in the 16th century, or one might even say today, there has always been a renewal within her, a call for more personal prayer and meditation centered on Christ, the Gospels, and the practice of the virtues, as well as a call back to the sacramental life. There was a Spaniard by the name of Inigo from Loyola who observed, Love ought to manifest itself in deeds rather than in words. He was a man who lived and loved a military life, suffered injury, which, as we know, has its own ability to become a strange crucible for faith. He went on to give himself over to the life of Christ and eventually founded the Society of Jesus, called the Jesuits, and Inigo became a saint, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Bishop Robert Barron writes, Ad majorum de gloriam, to the greater glory of God is the motto associated with Ignatius and the religious order that he founded. But it is semper maior, always more, always greater, is the pithier version of the adage. Both, however, capture the spirit of Ignatius, restless, ever moving onwards, unsatisfied with the quality of his relationship with the Lord, always convinced that the divine love could be answered by a more expansive fidelity on his part. Julius Caesar is said to have paused for an encounter of reflection right before he crossed the Rubicon. The exact nature of the encounter that he experienced just before he cast the die of his future is part conjecture, part legend, part truth. This, however, is not legend. Every nation needs to defend itself, yet many nations, including our own at its founding, have been wary of standing armies. The prophet Samuel, in warning Israel against a king, touched on this fear in 1 Samuel 8. The same suspicion inspired the Roman law that forbade Caesar crossing the Rubicon. The danger of a standing army is simple. It can be used against its own people. A nation at once both needs and fears an army. So today, do we see ourselves as the church militant or the church belligerent? Where will your die be cast? The church militant, like a standing army ready to fight the good fight, evangelizing, taking care of the poor, the orphan, and the widow, there lies a river Rubicon to cross here as well. 
or the church belligerent, ready to fight and prove its principles, forsaking its own charity and deciding, without any pause to consider the commitment before crossing its own Rubicon. The habits of the church belligerent have a deadly effect on the soul of the soldier himself. He becomes a casualty of his own battles. His constant war footing makes him resemble poor Ishmael, who is called a wild ass of a man. His hand is against every man, and every man's hand against him, as said in Genesis 16:12. Evangelization and apologetics at their best attempt to unite both, God's truth and the human heart. These two things are meant for each other. To make a coupling on this union, we must possess a love for both the truth and the person. Isn't it the supernatural character of the church, the mysteries that surround her, as well as her mission that inspires us? And yet we ask ourselves, how do we wield the sword without impaling our own souls upon it? First, we must be willing to suffer. It is not our job to correct everything. We must suffer to see the weeds among the wheat. Second, holiness of life. The true battle is hidden and unseen. It is where the heart lies, and Jesus stands knocking at the door. Unless we tend to this first, all else is for naught. Third, we should draw inspiration and follow the example of the saints. We cannot follow their example of directness unless we imitate also their holiness and suffering. David suffered from the anger of King Saul. Twice he could have killed Saul and seized the throne, but did not. He would fight to defend the king in spite of the king's anger toward him, not willing to raise his hand against the Lord's anointed. Consider St. Francis de Sales who fought difficult battles for the church, but we do not find in him any harshness. On the contrary, we know him for his gentleness. St. Thomas More, known for his sense of humor right to the end, joking with his executioner at the scaffold. In the midst of the battle, we have an obligation to build, as G.K. Chesterton puts it. A man has to build with a sword in one hand and the trowel in the other. The imagination, the constructive quality, is the trowel. The argument is the sword. The sword and the trowel, not one without the other. If we put down the sword, we will be overcome. If we put down the trowel, we will leave nothing behind, nothing of value. In the words of St. Francis de Sales, even as the bee touches not, save honey with his tongue, so should your lips be ever sweetened with your God, knowing nothing more pleasant than to praise and bless his holy name. But always remember, when you speak of God, that he is God, and speak reverently and with devotion, not affectedly, or as if you were preaching, but with a spirit of meekness, love, and humility, dropping honey from your lips. To fulfill the Great Commission, you will have to cross the Rubicon before you. Pause and reflect upon your commitment to the sword and the trowel before your die is cast. Semper Maior. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. I hope you'll come see us at www.gritquest.com. 
Subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Blessings to you all. Dominus Wobiscum.